Previously on the Galactica Quorum. Hilo start off as the radio guy, and then he moves up to the EXO of the Battlestar. And I liked him as the guy who was running around with the gun. I think the bar is awesome. I don't see it being played up too much in the future, but I liked it. We'll probably never see it again. Are you saying that, that the person he identified on the wall wasn't anyone he knew at all? Yes. I doubt it. He didn't give his name. I agree with that. He, if it had been his assistant, he would have yelled, This is my assistant, Bob! I don't know what's going to happen, but he did it. I just want a little... Bobby, is that you? Well, sort of. Welcome to the Galactica Quorum. This is show number 11. My name is Brian, and... I'm Dimitri. Jason. And Michelle's not here today. Probably just killed three-fourths of our audience right there. (laughs) Yeah. We'll splice in her sexy voice. (laughs) We should do that. Dimitri is wearing a dress, if it makes you feel better. I have seen that before. It's a scary thing. I won first place. Yeah. If you'd like to reach us, our email address is gquorum at gmail.com, G-Q-U-O-R-U-M, and our voicemail is 206-202-0274-206-2020-BSG at our website, galacticacorum.com. Up front, we have not listened to the official Ronald D. Moore podcast for the most current episode yet. We're going to be talking about The Woman King this time. We will be discussing the current episode in depth But no spoilers for upcoming episodes, no talk of previews, none of that stuff. Before we get to our discussion of this one, we have a clarification from our unofficial field correspondent, Brian, about something we talked about on our last episode. And actually, after we recorded our last one, I went back and I watched that hallway scene again. And I'll just read you what Brian sent us for Jason's benefit. This is a transcript of the hallway scene. Okay, here's Baltar. You ask me if I know any of these people. I know that man, Roslyn. Yes, show me, show me. Let him go. Let him go. Keep your guns up. Baltar. This man, his name is Adrian Bauer. He was my lab assistant for three years on Caprica. Roslyn. So what? Baltar. He was Gemini's. I got him a visa. I introduced him to his wife. I am godfather to their first child, and I wouldn't do anything to harm this man or his family. Imagine all this with his British accent. Or whatever. Caprican accent. Caprican accent. Or anyone's family. I am not a murderer. I am an innocent. Why won't you believe me? So. I am officially busted. What can I say? And that wraps up your mail. Uh, We pretty much just recorded a couple days ago, so we don't have much else to talk about before we launch into this new episode. So let's talk about the new episode, The Woman King. Before we go on, as a disclaimer, I should say that I am a Sagittarius and I have a cold. (laughs) So... (laughs) But no medicine can fix that. I, I I guess I'm a lapsed Sagittarius, though, because I don't follow their beliefs. Uh, let's do a little quick synopsis before we talk about the episode, so we're all on the same page. So here's the Woman King. Hilo isn't sleeping so well. He's gone from being Rambo on Old Caprica to a desk jockey on Ellis Island, and even waking up next to a smoking hottie isn't enough to get him out of that funk. To make matters worse, Sharon is totally in with the fun kids while he's persona non grata, and she's a Cylon for crying out loud. Okay, she's hot, but still. Hilo is processing refugees that are boarding the ship to allow the fleet to pass through a highly radioactive stellar nursery. Oh, no, wait, that was the passage. I'm not entirely sure what the hell was going on, aside from there being a large influx of Sagittarians whose religion forbids medical intervention and apparently bathing. Looks like they found another doctor in the fleet finally, although he's a civilian. Hilo suspects something is fishy, so he titles to the high command. Ty knows the doc from New Caprica, so he doesn't believe it, but even Adama is being uncharacteristically obtuse 
Meanwhile, Six converses with Headbalthar and then proceeds to make out with Air, all the while being watched by Roslyn, who puzzles why Six keeps humming the divinals when I think about you, I touch myself. Sharon, looking resplendent even in her domestic mode as she folds clothes and tends to a toddler, tries to get Hilo to chill, but he tells her he's gotta be who he's gotta be. Fox Mulder, Seeker of Truth. In the end, it turns out he was right, the doctor was bad, Ty was wrong, and Dharma is sorry. Hilo is vindicated, and for the best reward of all, he gets to go back to his quarters and make out with his silent hottie wife. The end. Roll credits. That was great. Again. <laughs> <laughs> you did that very well. Someone should pay you to do that. Uh, Sound like you practiced, if, too. If only. No, I just wrote this 20 minutes ago. The best ago. part is the irony of the scene <clears throat> where they're watching Six, like, make out with air, and just thinking about how many sci-fi geeks have actually been in the, been caught in that same pose thinking about <laughs> Six. <laughs> the one thing that struck me about that scene, which actually, for me, was the best part of the episode, was the Sharon, Six, and then the Rosalind part to me is the most captivating part was Rosalind says, yeah, she does that a lot. I've noticed that I'm thinking you're not seeing a connection. Who else do you know? Who's been doing that? Right. Like how exactly. many times have you just seen Baltar just kind of like phase off and his eyes kind of like go distant and like, hello doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead tell me your initial thoughts about, I did not like the fact that they put two scenes in the previous that were like, Oh, by the way, you've seen this. You just forgot. No, no, never saw this part. If they were going to try to introduce a, a show in the middle, I, I really felt you know, rewrite it, edit it better. I really something. felt lost. I asked my wife. I said, "Did I miss something?" And she goes, "No, I don't think you missed something because if you missed something, it would have come up in the show." So clearly, yeah, I was very confused. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Very disjointed to have to kind of figure out that. Oh, okay, that never actually existed. They're just trying to convince us that existed. I think that they. Uh, play the wrong episode this Sunday. I think that episode was supposed to be for next week. And next week, we're going to have an episode that ends with Hilo bringing in refugees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be bad. But no, I did I did look in like the, the newspaper TV guide thing from Sunday, and it actually did have this episode listed. So Yeah, it's the right one. I think, I think they just missed what happened. Well, there. what happened is, if I can piece it together, is and I'm basing this on one of the Ron Moore podcasts, is in a previous episode, there was, and it might have even gone all the way back to when they were on New Caprica, there was a subplot about the Sagittarians, and, and somehow that subplot got cut. How they completely have just missed this key block of how they become refugees, I don't know. But well, here's the thing. Isn't the whole entire race refugees? So they're like yeah. refugees within refugees, and... I'm going to kind of go a little bit left here, but the chief is – everybody's going on about how they're these, you know, granola types and they're bad-mouthing them for their religious um, – the way they practice their religion. To me, it wasn't that far a shot from the way Starbucks and the president and the Eye of Jupiter – and back on New Caprica, the little temple, it had candles and incense. I mean, it's all the same. So really, I thought it was a hysterical quote. Ty said, uh, referred to them as the root-sucking jackasses. But then I was like, well, you guys are jackasses too. I mean, you, the temple, I mean, it, it was so right. like similar. Rosalind with her, what was that, Kabbalah that she was smoking? Yeah, yeah, drinking? exactly. It's all very similar. So like, I wish that maybe it had made them just a little freakier. Right. Uh, or a little bit different, or somehow really, I don't know, maybe they're nudists or something. I don't know. Make them, make them so that they're they oh could they could be repulsive to the rest of the fleet, but not the difference between them and 
and the Sagittarians wasn't enough for me. No, I, yeah. I don't think it'd take it that far. I, I think it actually worked. If it had worked, it would have worked better if, yes, they're only – I mean, these are exact. They're, – they're exactly like us. They just have a different belief in this part of it. If you had someone that was completely different, then it's kind of like dropping an anvil. I think the subtle difference was a better attempt. Completely understand the refugees within the refugees because the whole New Caprica thing, you would have lost people. You would have lost ships. They would have had to redistribute at some point. I can buy that happening. I just don't like the fact that they tried to convince us that they've already shown this to us when they really haven't. And the other thing is we're geeks. We recognize things. The refugees, the Sagittarians, they wouldn't put them onto the aircraft carrier. They'd put them onto a support ship. If everybody, if even the military feels like this about them, this is probably the only ship where they're safe. All right, I I guess. Well, they better be there next week because right. Otherwise, your theory won't make sense. Right. Yeah, <laughs> hold me accountable if they if they get written out of the show. But if Ty and the doctor and everybody feels this way, you know, if they've always had this thing going on, they would totally not be safe on another ship in the fleet where they couldn't be under constant. You know, it's almost like the guard serves two purposes. You're civilians. You're not allowed out of this part of the ship. But it's also they're protecting them from the rest of the fleet. I just didn't quite buy that they have more intolerance for these people. Like they set up a scene early on where Sharon's walking down and Starbuck comes in and they're like, hey, buddy, buddy. they're all, all chummy. And it's like, OK, you accept the Cylon, but you're not accepting these other people. And it was to me, that was a real obvious right. scene to set this counterpoint. But I just didn't believe it. after all they've been through. It's like you're really going to care if this guy smells like he's been token up. I can totally believe that again. Like I said, this whole show is just, it's mirroring society as a whole. Remember after 9-11 when everybody's like, okay, everything's changed. We're not going to be superficial anymore. We're yeah. going to care more about people. We're going to, you know. That lasted two months. That lasted a couple months. And then, you know, hey, here we are five years later. And the lead story on CNN all weekend was the death of Anna Nicole Smith. Everything's back to where it was before. So I can totally see. Minus some civil liberties. Right. So I can totally see that in this universe, this world, that part of getting back to normal is hating who we always hated before previously. And I guess to, to, Especially if the Cylons aren't a constant threat. Exactly. I was just going to say that since the last time they met up with the Cylons, their ships were there, but there was no conflict. There was no war. There were, you know, there were no raptors shot. There were no pilots dead. So it, it's been pretty calm. If the real enemy is not bothering you, then you're gonna you're just gonna hate the people you hated all along. And especially the scene with Sharon, if you're now accepting a Cylon as one of your own, it might be hard to gin up hatred of Cylons as a whole, at least to people that have really gotten to know this version of Sharon. Right. So it's easier to hate someone you don't know. I mean, they obviously don't interact with the Sagittarians on a day-to-day basis. When you don't interact, it's easier to not only you know, hate them for what they are, but to hate them for what you perceive them to be since you don't see them. Right. Well, it was interesting, too, that they introduced D as a Sagittarian, whatever. Well, she, she had then, been identified as one in, in previous episodes. But then, then Apollo, you know, came to her rescue. Although because, how she contracted this out of the blue is sort of funny to me. Well, because it, like it, she, it, it, it only, yeah, it based on it, she must have been sleeping with, with one of the yeah. Sagittarians. It only affects Sagittarian blood. Come on. There we go. Um, and then also, I thought I mean, Apollo came to her rescue when completely out of character, Chief was 
harping on her, you know, especially I just thought that that scene with him at the reoccurring bar mm. was completely out of character. I mean, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to just start bad mouthing. Like, it's almost like Starbuck wasn't really in this episode at all. I don't know. They picked a new character to make the bad guy. Yeah. Speaking of Starbuck, I just wanted to say that I told you the bar was going to come back. And I am saddened by the fact that Apollo and Dee are getting together at the bar. and They're laughing and they're playing that basketball hoop-de-doop boardwalk game. (laughs) And then it was nice to see them getting along. And then it had nothing to do with the episode the shot of Starbucks sitting at the bar looking back at them having a good time all glum and sad and pissed off like it didn't add anything why you know what I you, you know, know what why? I put, you know what I put that scene in there so the next time they run previously they can actually say it really was in the last episode yeah okay I'm done with that <laughs> now actually speaking of bad guys this episode was over for me the minute the other doctor walked on the screen. As I said to no one in particular, because everyone in my house was already asleep, I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but he did it. (laughs) Because that guy always plays a bad guy. Yeah, I've seen him before, and I can't can't tell you what movies or TV shows, but I've seen him before, and Jason's right. He's always a bad guy. He was the bad guy. He was one of the original bad guys. He was the oh, senator in X-Men. You know, he was the senator in X-Men, yeah. right. Water boy. And there's just other things. I'm just like, I just saw him. I'm like, he's the bad guy. Yeah. I'm sure people can write in and cite me like a list of like where he's played like priest and puppy lovers and all this other stuff. But to me, he but the stands memorable, out. The memorable scenes. Are when he's a bad guy. So it's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but he did it. I was just struck that after all this time, they finally found another doctor. And we've had caught all this time. And they finally found another guy. And he's an older doctor. We had a discussion before we started doing this podcast about, you know, they only look at this one doctor. He's overworked. Why aren't they, like, training up some, like, Civilian medical technicians? Uh, they should be – probably they'd be younger. So far, it's just the one guy. And, and Dr. They, Cottle could probably teach some uh, – Yeah. They, have, a, have a little, like, after-work school. You know, you could write an easy scene where it's like, here's our list of doctors. But as you can see, they're all – you know, each of them are handling, like – five ships all on their own. There's really none to spare, you know, yeah. with the training program. I mean, that's an easy fix. I mean, a lot of these fixes, even though we love the show, a lot of these fixes can be just, like you said, easily written in with just one or two lines of speech. I don't know, maybe they meet the president somewhere and they're having a discussion about the ongoings and they just, one line, we have a medical school over there we have there's uh, some engineers on so-and-so ship that are building new raptors i don't know but as we've seen it's easier to build a bar than anything else let's switch gears and talk about six you know she's being observed by roslyn sharon came in to talk to her sort of like thanks for helping me sorry i can't do more i don't know if she was really sincere about that but (laughs) sorry i can't do more but i have a new life i thought the one line was funny roslyn or who was it that said you know we're gonna find her some some clothes or whatever (laughs) I almost feel like that was like a, a line thrown in for Playboy reference. We'll yeah. find you some clothes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I cracked a smile on that That's one. That's good. Even if they didn't mean it that way, it sounds better if you think yeah. about it that way. <laughs> but, you know, the, Plus, even, even if you don't talk about that, it was like her character is always in like these outfits. And, you know, so well, it's like put some clothes on that woman. Throughout history, the six models have always been the sexy ones. Right. So we finally see the return of a head Baltar. And by golly, he... He shaved. He, he's not. And he, he was wearing anymore. a smashing suit, the black suit with the big fat white pinstripes. I miss John Lennon. I love that suit. 
Oh, that was a good. Song. I was so glad to finally should, see that brought back. They should sell and, that suit online, sci-fi.com, what Baltar wears. Yeah, a whole Gap line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although he probably wouldn't shop at the Gap. But yeah, I was so glad to see that finally return. It's the perfect scenario for her to have that type of experience with this vision in her head, secluded in this cell. Does the head Baltar coming to Caprica 6 in the cell, does that in any way make her more human? Because a vision or a hallucination of that nature shouldn't be something that a machine wasn't has. You wasn't Xena having visions last hallucinations? Yeah, Xena yeah. had plenty of visions. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the evolving Cylon. When she was asked, why did you do this? And she didn't have an answer. Last time, I think I said, I thought she did it because she viewed Hera as such a key piece in evolution of the Cylon race and that she would do anything for that. But they even alluded that she might want to become human, which I don't quite follow. That doesn't sit with me. Just details that I, I've been mentioning details in the past that I like her. Uh, there's actually one that I didn't like this time. It was when Carl Agathon's walking around uh, and he's got the sweatpants on. And the sweatpants didn't bother me, but the sneakers. I did not like the fact that he was wearing sneakers. It looked too much like us as opposed to them, a different race in a different mm-hmm. galaxy. It's a silly thing, but I just thought it, did, it looked, it should, they should look a little bit different. I don't know why. I guess I'm missing the sci-fi from the show. I didn't catch that. That's no, right. I did catch the sci-fi part where they had the bestest baby toy ever. Yeah, I love the mobile. The mobile above the crib with the raptors and the vipers. And the vipers. Do you think they borrowed those from, like, the war room? Oh, well, they definitely did. It's like, okay, we need to get this kid some toys. Uh, go over there and, you know, grab some of those yeah, things. Yeah, since we're not, we're not fighting anymore, they don't need them in the war room. Right, go grab the war room. We'll yeah. string these things up. That was cool. Yeah. Don't bring the Cylon one in. We don't want to, like, confuse her. Yeah, we don't want to look up and go, Dad, no, 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 no. <laughs> Mommy! Mommy, is that you? Well, sort of. So this episode really was just, to me, the Hilo character piece. And I've always been a Hilo fan. A lot of people, though, don't like the character because of things he's done in the past, whether it be the asphyxiation of the, the Cylons or his defense of Sharon or whatever. But do you think after this episode where he's pretty much shown to be, you know, he's a guy who does what he, he thinks is right, et cetera, et cetera, is he going to win any people over now? I mean, he might win people over, but I think that, well, that little itty-bitty piece at the end where he confesses to asphyxiating the Cylons, it was a great character builder show. Up until that point, his character became more lovable. My wife thinks he's hot. Adama let it go, let it slide, the fact that they were asphyxiated. But now that he's apologized for it on the record, I don't know, I think that he, he might need to be punished for that. Because otherwise, the command structure, you know, who's on top is going to fall apart. If Carl can do anything he wants because of what his heart feels, that's not what a soldier should do. A soldier is supposed to listen to his commander. I mean, of course, in life, there are a lot of soldiers who they go AWOL or they break the rules because of their heart gets in the way of their command. But I think that since he made this thing, I think there's got to be some sort of reprimand on him because he's a soldier after all. I understand that. Now, A... I totally agree with him. If he had been pulling some of these things in a non-war situation, he certainly would be much more severely punished in a military structure. But it's the idea that, yes, you shouldn't be doing this, but B, in this situation. 
It'd be cutting off your nose to spite your face. I mean, it doesn't have to drum him out of the military and put him in the brig, but maybe they need to have a talk with him, right. sit him down, lose some of his stripes. Well, I got the impression. Well, oh, I know. I got the. Imp- put him in charge of refugees. That was the impression I got from. The, <laughs> that was the impression I got from the show that this was like a punishment right. assignment. Which, wow. Okay, so he's being punished. The military thinks that either dealing with refugees in general or dealing with the Sagittarians is a punishment. I think that says a lot. I guess dealing with refugees, if you're a fighter pilot, is a... He's a raptor pilot. Well, well, if you're if you're a pilot, is a lot. He was a raptor real. He wasn't even a pilot. Ah, uh, yeah. I think that Adama is going to let it slide. There won't be any repercussions. What I took out of that little ending snippet that they showed us as a bonus was that Adama's going to do what he did for the congressional hearings of what happened with the water explosion. Did Boomer have access? Who gave her access? And after a while, he was like, all right, we're done with this. This is basically he was saying he overlooks some things. He doesn't let something slide. He's not a hard line like Admiral Kane was. When she read his logs, she's like, you did this, you did that. So, oh, yeah, because they talked about something where somebody refused to do something on the Pegasus and Kane had him killed, basically. Right, and she was saying, well, you didn't follow this regulation and you did this and that. And his response was, uh, that's correct. And that's just the way he runs the ship. He doesn't follow every rule to the letter. And I think this is one of those instances where he will be like, I wish you hadn't said that. I'm going to have to swallow it now. But, but he said, are you sure you want to do this? Right. And he said, yes. If he was going to let it slide, he wouldn't say something like that. It's but he would say thank you, you for being honest. in the context honest. of the rest of the scene, though, because we know how the rest of the scene played out. That snippet came within the scene that we saw, uh, and the end of the scene was he stands up, he salutes, and the other guy salutes back, and he says, okay. Adama didn't salute him. But he walked out, right? Yeah. And then he walked out. See, this is the kind of thing, it's not official, it's not on record, right. but this is the kind of thing where if they want to come back to it later – and they bring a helo thing back up. This is the thing that Adama has to take into account of all the little things. You've... Hilo is not going to do something massive, I don't think, but there's going to be something that goes just far enough where they've got to take into account everything he's done to bring it to conclusion. Any other comments about this episode? Okay, or... there is the one scene that I think is the one that we're going to have to remember was the Adama Zarek scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, not Adama, I'm so glad. The Rosalind Zarek scene, where Rosalind's trying yes. to downplay it, and Zarek was like, no, this is going to be bad. I'm glad you brought that up. That really struck me because that was a foreshadowing of some bad things that can really happen. What occurred to me at the same time was how long has it been since he's been on the ship? And don't you think there's going to be some sort of uproar of the fact that you haven't announced that you have this prisoner for all this time? People are going to be like, what? You've had. Right. Just the fact that they're going to say. Forget the trial. If it gets out that he's alive and been in custody all this time, people would be like, "What?" Plus, you had it. Plus, it was an excuse to bring Tori the Cylon back. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I know, just because I'm sure it's not right by now. Too much yeah. has happened since I first thought it, but I just wanted to bring it up <laughs> because if she's in the scene, you know, somewhere in the next episode, something <laughs> bad is going to happen. <laughs> it's just the way it works. Tori said something like he's bluffing or something, something mm-hmm. of that effect. And Rosalind's like, no, I'd gotten to know him. That mm-hmm. was legit. I've never seen him react like that. So, yes, now he's got that card in his pocket where he could kind of let it. But, oh, how many people know that Baltar's there? There's a decent number at this point. Chief got to him first, but they let you see, like, 
nine or ten other people. So they ordered everybody that's on the planet not to say anything, but this is not the kind of thing that is kept secret. But a lot of the people on the planet, too, were not military. They were civilian. See, that would be even worse. If well, that's they what I'm saying. It would be worse. If they saw this, they're, and they're they not obligated back, to... And they were sent back to their ships. Right. Exactly. Unless this is all in Galactica time, been like within a 48, 72-hour span, I find it hard to believe that it's actually not known throughout the fleet. That, well, since we don't actually see the other ships, then maybe that is known, but out but of sight, out of but, mind. But if it is known, then what is, he said, he's this right. Is, this is a bloodlust. This is not about a trial. This is about a bloodlust thing. You've now got a fixed point for revenge. And I don't know what the point of the trial is. Because Rosalind had pardoned everybody. They can't try him for what happened on, on New Caprica because Rosalind pardoned everybody for what happened on New Caprica. Which is why they're going right. to try him for the initial attack on Caprica, Caprica. and the colonies, oh, which okay. is much harder to prove. Right. Which, again, could be where that little reference to the assistant comes in. Just throwing it out there. Right. So just uh, might as well follow our procedure and give it a grade. What's the grade for this episode? I don't know. <laughs> I mean – Incomplete. Incomplete. I, I will – Aside from the fact that in the first ten minutes I felt like I slept a week and missed something, it was very distracting. Uh, it was it was distracting, but once the show got going, I actually enjoyed it. I liked the, the character building episode. I call it, my wife calls it a character building episode or a character destroying episode as far as Chief goes, but I, I enjoyed it. I'll give it an A. I'll give it an A and then I'll give it a B. What? What is this, an what? Ivy League curve system? Holy cow, talk about great inflation. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jeez. Well, I'm, ta- I'm taking away the fact that I didn't know what was going on. I, I, I don't. <laughs> what, is it A bad? No, A is very good. A. Well, no, I mean, like, I it just makes me think that the worst grades ever given must have been like a B plus. Yeah, right. I can just see your reviews on Amazon. Man, I bought this thing. It fell apart when I got it. Five stars! So go on. What's yours? Well, I would have said coming in, I would have said like a D. But after the discussions and the pointing out of some of my previous faults that I didn't know I had, I could go up to like a a C plus, B minus. What? Yeah, they didn't. You went from a D to a B minus? They didn't. What kind of curve are you working on? (laughs) A little bit extra credit. I mean, obviously, they did not come into this episode trying to move things along a lot. But upon further review and discussion, after I figured out that, the, yes, they were trying to throw me a curveball and say, you had seen this before, once we got through all this, I'm now like, okay, I can see where they laid just enough groundwork to say, I'll give it like a B minus yeah. for teasing me. B minus for me as well. I'm all for single episodes. This one was almost too much of a like you mentioned before, non-sci-fi episode that I wasn't as pleased about it. It reminded me of a, a Star Trek episode almost. You know what? Actually, now that like you've a, mentioned the fact that I said it was a non-sci-fi episode, I'd have to bring my score down to a C because <laughs> just building up of all this non-non-sci-fi stuff, they should just put this show on ABC and leave it there. Wow. This show this week has just thrown us all off. Yeah, we're, I think it is, we're, again. It's the 10 o'clock Sunday night thing. I am sorry. Last night was tough. Last night was hard. I'm sorry for inter- interrupting your, your, oh, your yeah, grade. Oh, yeah, you do but, a grade, don't you? I said, yeah, I said B-. Minus, okay. And it probably would have been a C+, plus, except the fact that it was Hilo involved. I like Hilo. If it had been an episode about... To me, this is almost like a black market type of show. Which one is that one? Black market was the one where Adama goes over to the ship where there's that gangsta. I think I may have missed that one. This was kind of like that. It was like a character show. If this one had starred Adama, it would be like, oh, God, because Adama is just not my favorite character by any stretch. 
So, and this one wasn't didn't quite have the flaws that the black market did. Black market is pretty much everyone everyone's bottom five. When you say Adama, which Adama are you talking about? Lee. Oh, okay. Lee. I'm very eh about this one, but I can see where it could be one we refer back to later. It's like, oh yeah, in that episode they said. Right. Do you think if we start a collection of all our listeners and maybe tap some other people who watch the show and just have a collection, we can uh, donate it to Sci-Fi and they can put a little CGI in <laughs> next time. <laughs> I just want a little. Pew, 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 pew. Well, there aren't any lasers in this one, so you wouldn't get that. Whatever. Whatever. My laser sounds are better than my gun sounds, so you know. extrapolate, my friend. Okay, I guess that wraps things up. Next week, back on a regular schedule. We'll see you next time, I guess. Uh, I will not be here next week. So say we all. We're, just, we're not going to have stereo this week. Put it that way. Okay. There will well, be no stereo. If they're going to half-ass it, we're, we're going to half-ass it. <laughs> <laughs>